0: And gentlemen, welcome to the show. The Human Experience is live. We've planned an incredible episode for you guys this evening. Thank you so much for being here. If you have not joined our mailing list yet, if you want to find everywhere we are across social media, just simply go to human thehumanxp. If you'd like to make a contribution and support the show, we sincerely appreciate any support that you have to offer. A huge thanks to all the people that have shown their support so far. Without you, there is no show. Tonight, we're going to be looking at the ways we can increase our ability to learn and remember our memory. It's going to be a really special broadcast. Please sit back, grab a drink, and enjoy this conversation. The Human Experience is in Session. My name is Xavier Katana. My guest for tonight is Matthias Ribbing. Matthias is a three-time Swedish memory champion and an international grandmaster of memory. He has competed in all kinds of memory competitions and has performed all manner of memory demonstrations. Uh Matthias is an educator, speaker, author who wants to help people master the power of their minds, learning and memory. Matthias, welcome to the show. Am I saying your name correctly?
1: Thank you so much, Xavier. Uh, I'm Matias. It's fine anyway. I'm just so excited to be here tonight. Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, yeah, okay, Matthias, Okay, I got it. So, yes, I'm so happy that you remembered to be on the show tonight.
1: <laughs> well, yes.
0: Yeah, I yeah, know you're in Sweden. And so the time change, I mean, I think it's like 1 or 2 a.m. there where you are. But I mean, let's let's get into it. I mean, I'm fascinated by your work. You're such an animated character. You have so much to so much information to offer about the brain and and the way it it learns and and the way memory works. Uh, How did you how did you get into this work? How did you start to think about, you know, how how, how can we learn about this? How, How did you get into it?
1: Well, you know, I was pretty much a normal 28-year-old uh, working as a teacher because I really love pedagogique. I love learning and how to do it, working with groups and classes. And I thought there must be a better way, some way to sort of train this learning muscle so you can use it for any information. So I just sort of got down to it, investigating stuff on my own and realized that, wait a minute, that there is a way that you can master learning to sort of get control over the process of taking in information. So I started to discover this and saw that after a while I could start to choose what I wanted to store in my brain, then being able to relax and then later be certain to find the right stuff. Sort of like finding the Save us button of the brain, which sort of started my journey into, yeah, an exciting adventure, which I hope we're going to be having together here tonight. Yes, for, sh-
0: for sure. So I mean, you've you've achieved this memory Swedish memory championship three times, and I mean, you're ranked as an international. You have the international title of Grand, grand Master of Memory. I mean, yeah, I, I find I find the process of memory to be. A little bit of a psychotic activity. I mean, how do you keep it? How do you keep it all in? I mean, what what is it that? Tell us about this championship and what that means, please.
1: Yeah. Well, the basic thing is that, as just uh, said, everyone who knows me from before I was twenty eight knows that I am just like anyone else. I don't have any special grades from school. I don't have any special skills. But then I started to train my brain, and that's the, the, the whole thing. And it, that it's possible to learn and to master this ability. That's the cool adventure. And I didn't even know that there were memory competitions back then. I just That's stum- something I stumbled on later, because I just wanted to take in normal information and learn lots of new stuff. But then when I saw that you could compete in, in this, I was really excited because I love to measure. That's the sum. I don't really uh, trust uh, any, you know, brain training. What were I want to see measurable results? Mm-hmm. And getting getting into these competitions is a real treat because you know when we compete in uh, memory sports, uh, we're challenged in a decathlon. So it's always ten different uh, events where you have to take in different kinds of information. So there's basically, you know, there are numbers, words, but also images, sounds, names, faces. You know, we have to be able to use our brain for basically any situation which is simulated in these competitions. Hmm. So, for example, to, to become an uh, the Grandmaster uh, title, uh, one of the criteria is in the discipline of one-hour numbers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, where, yeah, you can hear it sounds super exciting, right? <laughs> uh, We do get in this uh, event, we get a bunch of papers with just random digits, more uh, lined up, more than we could ever learn, but we get to stare at these for an hour. Uh, After that, uh, time's up and we get a clean sheet of paper and a pen, and we have to write down the exact order of as many digits as we can remember. And my best after this hour was to write down the exact order of 1060 digits without a single mistake
0: oh my i mean
1: that's so that's about the 1000 limit uh, to become a uh, grandmaster that's
0: i mean that's tremendous i mean uh, to be able to retain that information to me it's such a foreign idea i mean i've looked at different memory courses and i've 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 sort of skirted the the possibility of of training my mind in this way a little bit but i, I mean i'd haven't really dove in the way that you have it but you mentioned I mean you didn't have any specific skill set before you started this you just kind of started learning the techniques i mean what how do
1: you do this yeah the thing is to mass master- to understand the mechanism and learn those because the one problem with normal memory courses and so on that, I mean, it's one thing to uh, memorize ones and zeros uh, and there are many books about that, but what I learned, there's very little information how to use this in real life because the really cool stuff uh, that I do when I'm out, when I'm reading stuff or so on, you know, I was... Uh, but I, I do stuff, you know, more normal stuff when on on stage and uh, talking and teaching people just to show the, the ap- application of this. I normally bring today's uh, newspaper. You know, I was in the U.S. in Los Angeles uh, a while ago where I was, uh, I, I had gone down that same day in, uh, as I was going to give a talk. I went down into the newspaper stores. I saw the Los Angeles Times and the Wall Street Journal there. So I thought I should pick one newspaper and try to learn it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't choose which, so I got both. And uh, what the hell? I started reading them both uh, a few hours before uh, the talk. And then I learned them both. Uh, I normally just do one uh, newspaper, but then I handed it out during the talk to two uh, different people in the audience who were the control group, so to speak. And then they just shouted out uh, pages in them and then I went out it, started to tell them exactly what the articles were there, line up the informations, including the, uh, the exact information uh, with the numbers and uh, facts and so on. So that, that is something that is super possible to do and then that shows people how applicable this is for le- real life learning that's the important thing.
0: I mean, you, you certainly displayed that your ability to do this is there, and you know, it's it's really amazing what you say. I, I saw your TEDx talk, and you talk about uh, memory versus learning. How how? And you, I, I think you said, you know, memory is is not so much as important. It's it's more the learning aspect of that. If, if I'm not misquoting you, um, yes. And, can
1: you, and it's understanding. It's about understanding. Okay. So the thing is, you know, everyone knows that once you understand something, you also remember it. It's sort of like a consequence. Uh, So just memory is just a bonus of understanding. Mm. And when we can start to engineer understanding in the brain, then just memory comes as a free thing. So that's the thing. We will now start to do this together because there are some uh, principles to this, you know, everything in the brain is about connections. We know that it's uh, connections between neurons and so on. But what people don't realize it it's in learning. It's always about connecting different phenomena together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, we can learn to create and master those connections, you know. Learning is always about two different things the connecting together in the brain. And what, how to connect these different things that you need to learn, it's through experience. So that's the cool thing, experience. And that happens um, by chance many times, you know. Have you ever... I, I bet you have. When you've been out somewhere and simultaneously listened in, in your headphones, maybe on a podcast, uh, and you know when you were out listening to something, then maybe weeks later, someone mentions something about the the same information pops up again and you know exactly where you were the last time you heard mm-hmm. it. You mm-hmm. ever had that? Yeah,
0: sure, sure. So, I mean, is, is that indicative of there being a
1: a subconscious learning that we're picking up? No, it's easy. There was an experience there. Uh, at that place. Because what the brain does during experience, it connects everything that we are experienced together. So when you were listening to that podcast, what you were seeing at the same time where you were at the traffic lights or wherever, it gets connected to the information. And by that, you find your way back. So we can do a first really simple exercise that people can start right away to boost their learning so much. Sure. It's called Place reading, and it's so easy. You know, when you have something that you need to learn, maybe you have a report at work, or you have uh, you're studying something. You shouldn't sit at your desk to uh, and read the whole thing. That's a waste of brain power. Mm. So what you should do, you should sit there with the information at your desk, and you r- only read the f- really the first uh, segment of it, the first little paragraph, let's say, mm-hmm. of it. Then, after reading that paragraph, you pick up your stuff, you go into the kitchen. You lean against the kitchen window, for example, and then you read the second paragraph. Hmm. Then you take your stuff into the living room, lie down on the couch, read the third paragraph. Then you go into the toilet, sit on the toilet lid, read the fourth. Maybe it's nice weather, you go out and so on uh so you read one paragraph uh, per st- you, you don't need to do anything more after you read the whole thing maybe you have f- 30 paragraphs or so just reading it through like this place reading uh you will be able to retell the most important thing for each paragraph without any exterior help automatically okay, okay yeah I love the that power the power to have it because you find your way back you 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 know where you were. It's just like being outside with this podcast. So this is a first step that will show you something of the power of of our brain, which we are sort of we haven't gotten to any strategies yet, but that's what we're doing tonight
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i mean, it's it's almost like you're tapping into this aspect of that that connection that your brain makes between two different things, like Perhaps two different sensory inputs, right? So, um, I think I, I think I heard you say something about how if you want to learn learn or remember something better, give your brain a, an introduction of it first, right? So yeah. read the introduction paragraph and then take a step back and then and then start to learn about
1: it right the most the most important thing i mean this is we we now sort of started to hack the memory aspect of it but when you really are getting down into a new area of knowledge you always have to start with summaries i mean you should you should become a master of summaries that's always what to start to go to so always re- check the read study the table of contents uh, Uh, Google short summaries and start with that. So you should always, when learning, go from the whole to the details, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Because this is always also something, you know, we'll get into here the, the faulty uh, aspect of learning styles. that something learning style is something that has to go out with the trash. And uh, later science has shown that that's just wrong. I mean, this aspect that everyone learns in different ways and every way is just as good. That's basically bullshit because we, we, the cool thing, you know, we are all different. We have different likes and dislikes, different experiences, but we are more similar than we might think. You know, we we have the same organ, we share the Mm -hmm. same organ up there and Mm -hmm. it has its feature and we can learn these. And that's the first thing to always go from the whole to the details, because, you know, The cool thing with starting with – if I quickly read a few different summaries of a topic, Mm -hmm. I can already from the beginning, I can start to connect this uh, knowledge to – Completely different areas of life. I can I can do that by myself. But if I just start with reading the full detailed book uh, on the whole thing immediately, the only thing which happens with those details is that I can more uh, uh, mechanically more or less recite what I've learned, what I've read. There's no understanding. We start in that. So mm. that's you know. That's so that this is, summaries makes you an actual ex, ex ex expert you know that's the way to deep learning, which is not strange you know journalists they you know they usually become they're good at this so they usually become experts at their field and normally they, they also write books about stuff because they they know how to quickly become experts so that's one uh, super important thing.
0: Um, Matthias, I'm very curious. Is, is absorption of the information that you're reading important? Like, so, so, for example, if, if I wanted to speed read a book and I just kind of traced the words and I made sure that I saw and read the words very quickly, um, you know, is it important that I absorb and make that, that connection in my mind through visualization to remember it? Or, I mean, does it matter? Will my brain
1: automatically sort of create that connection for me later? no it won't so now now let's take the next step because we have to create those connections consciously we we we, we tried a little bit now with the place reading now we'll get into deeper into it uh, the thing that you know sensory connections we have our of our five typical senses with smell uh, taste sight uh, hearing and Uh, And so on. So when touch, uh, the thing is that these connections all have their different characteristics. For example, sound connections, they have the characteristic of needing lots of repetition. You know, that's something, you know, that's basically the only technique that I was taught in school, you know, read the same thing over and over and over and over and hope something will stuck. Mm-hmm. And that's usually just re- learning by route, sound connection, very inefficient. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why, you know, when they have when they have uh, commercial ads on the radio, they have to play them many, 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 many times to really get them stuck. If they don't sort of trick sounding similar to something else, then they can get in quickly on previous connections they have there. But some connections is uh, very, very, it's it's not enough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these other kinds of connections, for example, smell that mm-hmm. can be, invoke super vivid memories, you yes. know, you smell. Smell something and a whole the vivid recollections come back. And that's great, but we cannot make the, create them controllably. They just pop up whenever, but we don't have any real usage for it. So what we really end up with is uh, sight connections. When we see things together, the amazing thing with sight connections is that the brain can create lots of them immediately quickly and we can do it controlled and this is the what happens when we visualize because what happens then is we have made we make a simulated experience for the brain this mm. v- visualization mm. that mm. is the key and you know they have proven you know, they've, they've done incredible measures of this. You know, in science, they've used uh, advanced uh, tech stuff to measure uh, eye movements. And what they've seen is that, you know, when I'm talking to someone in front of me, my eyes are looking not at you who are opposite me, but at one, at the, the eyes are looking at what I'm talking about. They've seen this when measuring the eyes. So Mm -hmm. the the, the scientists said, wait a minute, we're looking at something else here. The inner images obviously exist. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing is that everyone... Is thinking in images, but we're not realizing. So they saw this that everyone, including the ones who said that no, I have never seen an inner images, they are looking at them. But the cool thing in their images, they are so vague, so we rarely notice them, but they are there. Hmm. So I can just do a, we Let's let's do a quick little experiment. You okay. know, if, if you hold, uh, imagine there is a shovel in front of you just to take something the listeners can try this as well try to hold your hands out in the room in front of you as if you were holding a shovel there Okay. what happens in our brain when we try this is that uh, suddenly something pops up maybe a small detail or so and then it's gone it's like super vague but maybe a little part there was a glimpse of, an, of a handle of a shovel or a, or the, 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 another part of the shovel, someone might have glimpsed there, uh, and then it's gone, and then it's sort of you, you don't have anything in front of you. But the cool thing is that that fragment of a second, where you're not even sure that was anything there, that's just enough. For the brain to have created a unique experience. You've simulated an experience, and that inner image sort of works like a magnet. Mm. It- pull things to it simultaneously the thoughts you were having the other things in the room so now you're actively created uh, a, 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 um, an experience and that's the way to start and this is something that you can learn step by step which has not been taught before that that's the thing also that people just say visualize and one one have heard that okay sports people they visualize but there are step-by-step instructions to learn this, that everyone can – so we, we are already doing it unconsciously, but now we're stepping into the process of making it consciously as well.
0: I love it. I love it. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, there's, there's research that I've read that shows, you know, out of all the senses, I mean, this is why when you, when you smell something, it, it's actually – the sense of smell is actually hitting the most neurons in, in the brain. This is why the memories that you receive are so c- vivid, Right. Like something yeah. that you smelled as a kid can induce, you know, almost like a flashback event where you are back at that place. Right. And but but that flashback also comes with imagery. You know, this next thing that you're seeing exactly. is imagery. So, you know, it, it's it, I, I understand how you're you're hacking the brain. There's there's a strategy or a technique that you use called the one image per page strategy. Yeah. When you're trying to learn something. Can we what what is that?
1: Yeah, that, that is when we really started to have controlled recall. But I can just take one step before that, you know, oh, okay. how people can train the visualizations. And a, a, a tips uh, that I usually give is start to increase your visualization skills. Start when reading newspaper articles. I mean, always have newspaper articles sort of as a uh, remembering thing that, OK, when reading news articles, I will see what's the contents in front of me I like I, I was watching through a camera lens not really caring about the words but try to see what's happening you know if I'm reading about sort of a a break-in or something like that. A news uh, article I see in front of me. I mean, the, there might be a sort of out from a from a house, come a nervous uh, person who's made a break-in. He comes out, looks around, no police around. Then he starts. He just runs down uh, through the yard, and a little bit later, you know, the 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 police comes down uh, trying to chase him and. When you see this guy running around, you can see that he's wearing a a blue hat and Mm. he he has a a green jacket. Mm -hmm. He he has brown trousers and maybe he has yellow sneakers on. Okay, so so you, you try to sort of pull the, the 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 image is the important thing, and and when I describe it like this, it sounds like sort of an action movie uh, segment. But visualization in the brain doesn't work like that. We we cannot visualize a full setting, a detailed larger image. That's totally impossible. Mm-hmm. So what this little segment is to our brain, you know, it's just flashes. Of details, you know, something, a part of a lawn or part of a a, a cloth or so, small, just uh, parts comes up, but our brains can put it together as a mm-hmm. whole. Mm-hmm. And you know, even later, if I would ask you, I mean, what was this uh, break-in person? What 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 were the color of his uh, trousers, for example? You can think about that. Sorry, I'm not uh, trying to put, uh, put you on the spot. Oh, you're there, asking me, yeah. were they green? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so he had these uh, brown uh, trousers <laughs> on, right? <laughs> okay. Were you seeing anything here? <laughs> but, you know, the, the listeners can try it for themselves. S- try to see what the hat was. If you can come back to that. He was wearing a blue hat. And Then you go to the sneakers. What was, it, what was he having? It was a yellow sneakers, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. And, and then his jacket was...
0: I didn't. Not, uh, I didn't. I didn't remember uh, that he was it wearing was a jacket. green jacket.
1: Okay, never mind. But as okay. the listeners can see that this comes back really quickly, and you know, I only said that color once, and it was a complete different order. So there was no mechanical route learning where you just say what I'm saying, but you created this experience. Uh, so that that is the first step to just invoke that, and there is one important thing that we need to learn to to become a better uh, intentional visualizer, is by uh, visualizing in three criteria. Okay. Okay. It's important. Uh, you know, we we can just take a normal and a simple image. Let's say you have an uh, an apple. Try 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 to see an apple in front of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the first criteria is to enlarge your images. Okay. So try to enlarge the apple in front of you in, in the size of a yoga ball. You know, the full size yoga ball. There's the apple right now. Like a yogurt ball. You no, know, yoga, yoga uh, ball. You know, the, this ball. Oh, uh, a ball. Uh, okay, okay. Ball. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my Swedish pronunciation here. But you see, enlarge it up to that size. Okay. That, that's the first criteria. So, you're having a, a, a real, you, you know, these heavy balls that you, uh, big balls that you can use for training uh, uh, yoga positions and sure. uh, all yeah. good stuff. Uh, so, that's the first to increase the size. And I mean, even right now, when you try to do this, you're flexing your visualization muscles. I mean, this is make, the, the exact thing that b- makes you a better visualizer. The second criteria is not to visualize any flat photography, but uh, visualize 3D. Mm. So see this, this 3D, as, as if it has depth and as if it's taking up space mm-hmm. in the room, in front mm-hmm. of you. Mm-hmm. That's that's the second key. So now we're starting to simulate a proper experience here. By the way, what uh, you, you know when you start to see things in the room in front of you and there's nothing there? Oh, it's hallucinating. You're, you're, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're doing this at our own risk here, but this is just how the brain works. Uh, that's the, the third criteria is that we shouldn't um, visualize um, sketches of things, but they should have a real material. I mean, this is real Apple material here, uh, and this, these three t- things taken together, then we now see the the apple large 3D uh, as if it was a proper material. What we've done now is sort of with laser precision, we have created an exact, um, uh, an exact experience which the brain can differentiate among hundreds and thousands of other uh, experiences. I mean, okay. that's a unique experience there. Mm-hmm. And the unique thing with sight, uh, seeing sight connections in the brain is that we can already separate between hundreds and thousands and millions without mixing them up. Hmm. I mean, I'm certain that you could maybe already mm-hmm. uh, See the difference and between sort of, you can separate between ten different brands of shampoo, uh, just by sort of uh, seeing the three-dimensional bottle in front of you. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't. So there's no problem when you go in the store to the shelves. You can always find the right uh, the the break. And we are not even shampoo experts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let me let me let me <laughs> pause you
0: for a second. So. Okay, so you know i'm I'm doing what you said i I have an apple in front of me, and you know I'm visualizing it sort of increase in size in front of me. so uh, my apple is red, and you know i'm I'm just seeing this apple turn you know as 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 large oh, yeah. as I can, and uh you know i and uh, I start to move into you know wanting to taste the apple and yeah. you know wanting to touch it is is that part of it do, do you should you include the other senses like touch?
1: And that there is absolutely no need. The no cool need. thing is the cool thing is with large with three still 3D images. That's the key for a shark. I mean in the beginning it's you're you're not used to it. We can take another example. If you try to visualize a cat, try to see a cat in front of you in the room, mm-hmm. and now enlarge that to the sort of larger yoga ball size again. Okay. I mean, this this is actually a standard size, by the way, that you should always visualize in. Okay. okay. Uh, even if you visualize sort of an aeroplane, it should be the size of a yoga ball. Because if we always do something in the same way, uh, size-wise like this, it starts to become more and more automatized in the brain. So the brain learns quickly these big uh, images. But the difficulty, let's if you have a cat in front of you, sort of it starts to run away and it gets up on its hind leg, it starts to do all sorts of Uh, business there. Just with the apple, you want to taste it and it it turns around and so on. That always happens when we are not used to uh, visualization. But the more you train it, the more control you get over them. So you can tame the kitten there so you can have it sit nicely and remain still and do whatever you like. Mm -hmm. And when they are still, the cool thing is that you can do them super quickly because there's another sort of mistake in but what, when people have heard about memorization techniques that you should do intricate stories with taste, with touch, you should sort mm-hmm. of or make violent stuff or really crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. There is a big problem with this. Making stories takes up too much energy and focus. Okay. So I mean, if I'm if I'm watching a physics lecture or something that I need to learn. I don't have the capacity to make up stories. I need to full focus on what's actually being said. But the cool thing is when I'm used to just visualize still 3D objects, I can visualize that and simultaneously listen to what's being said with full focus. You know, I can take in inf- hear information and just simultaneously see a 3D image that sort of makes the 3D image into a, a magnet that draw what's being said, the physics lecture. Uh, and now we're getting into this, what you said, the one image per page, because mm. that's the cool thing. When you visualize just, if you have an apple... Uh, for example, and you read a page w- 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 that you want to learn simultaneously. You can focus on what's being said and just see the image simultaneously. It gets attached to this, uh, and you know this is nothing new for our brain. H- have you ever uh, have you read a novel or so and then later seen that as a movie? Ever happened?
0: Yeah, of course. So a book. If you've and... done it,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. If you do that, you're always disappointed, right? When you see the imagery on right. the screen yeah. later, yeah. because when reading, we've already seen these image fragments. We've had short fragments of the main characters, the places, the events, and so on. And these small fragments creates these magnets in our brains that sort of attaches like the magnets that draws the whole story to them. It's the image fragments. If if we think back, what happened in chapter three, we get back into our brain, oh, they were were at the beach there in the sun. Okay, oh, that image fragment. Oh, and then that person with, oh, oh, this is what, and you recreate it from the image fragments. This is how we navigate in the brain, even Mm -hmm. when we don't think about it. Hmm. But now, starting thinking consciously in images, it's like you're we're creating folders in our brain, okay. just like on a computer. Okay. You know, uh, our normal way of learning, just reading the same thing over and over, hoping for the best, that would be like if we sort of threw documents into our computer without names, without locations, that sure, they would be there on the hard drive but you would never find the right document just when you needed it hmm. because we can't navigate our way back there it's the same thing with our brain but when so, we read and visualize and we create consciously the visual connections we can find our way back
0: okay okay I mean, so
1: let's say that i'm reading instant.
0: let's say that i'm reading a book and i and i want to learn this for my class or you know just for my own benefit it, so, so all you're saying it's this simple. You're just saying that after you read a page, you visualize an apple in your brain, and not after
1: simultaneously. Simultaneously, so let's, simultaneously. Let's, let's think up a topic. What what are you reading? Just make we make something up. What what kind of book is it?
0: Well, well, I mean, I we was, re- learn was reading your
1: book on math, so okay oh okay, yeah, let's go we'll get into that as well you can because you can learn use these techniques for any topic to create understanding, but let's say that we are uh, reading a book on history, for example, okay um, and you know we're reading about the middle ages, but we we just take a simple image you can normally you can just take basically random images if we start to read about the middle ages, let's say the first page we see in sort of an uh, medieval armor in front of a self. Mm-hmm. Uh, can, can you f- f- see the image of a medieval armor? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: as if it was the size of a yoga ball in front of you in the room. Then, uh, so you start to choose an image first wow, and then okay, okay. you start to read the text. And during the reading, you come back to this ar- uh, armory uh, a few times during reading the page. So okay. you bounce back a few times Okay. Uh, and then uh, you go to the next page and you know the 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 text just continues with its stuff but we choose a new image so we can choose the next one might be of a sword just to take something that we have a sword there mm-hmm. and we read the second page and we come back to the 3D image of a sword a couple of times during the reading. The next page might be a um, sort of just a plume uh, the, the things that are on the uh, people's heads I imagine. You just take something, a large <laughs> feather uh, you just take randomly something
0: Okay,
1: it doesn't have to be correct, it doesn't have to do with anything. The You know, the Cool thing is, you should never sort of think up the smart images. Oh, I will have the exact summary of this and that. No, 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 no. To just put, take the instant thing, uh, so it just has to be 3D and you're an object and you enlarge it. So for me, it's a big feather. It's for page three, and I read that page and I come back to that inner image a couple of times. Uh, the next uh, page might be a sort of a, an old medieval Bible, so like this super huge old book, for example. And I read the fourth page and I come back to that inner, inner image. And w- what happens then is that after one, I'm, I'm, I've read 30, let's say I've read 30 pages. So, so what I've done in this, that I've actually created 30 different experiences for the brain, so the brain can differentiate the what what was what is reading with these thirty well, it for us it's inner images. Mm-hmm. So And then you can very quickly, you can go back and have, do this mental repetition. It's very easy, you know, when we do mental repetition with this kind of learning, just get back in your book, and you start to read the first few uh, lines on the first page until you remember what image you had chosen. So you go, you go back to the first page. And there we had the armory. And then you quickly just go to the next page, you see, oh yeah, yeah, okay, this was the sword, and mm-hmm. so on. So you quickly go through them again. So you don't need to memorize the images. I mean, they are there in the brain. They they have sort of they are the experience. But afterwards, if someone at a much later stage would come up to you and start to talk about history, and they mention something which was on page three, automatically you come to think of the large feather which we choose for that. Okay. Uh, uh, and by that, you find lots of the other information in your brain, which was on that page. And then you retell that information with your own words. So that's the cool thing. And you start to sound like an expert immediately because there's no route learning, but you find your way back. You find the right folder. Okay, okay, the, okay, okay. I mean, it makes Make, sense. It makes sense in, in theory, but I, maybe I'm
0: making it more complicated. Have, okay. Maybe Have I'm making entered. it more complicated than it and then it seems because yeah. I feel like, I feel like if I get to a point where, you know, I've memorized 30 different images, 30 different objects, how do I start coming up with new objects? And,
1: you know, what if I'm reading a 300 page book, right? So, I mean, what do you suggest? The- there is a simple way. I'm glad you mentioned it. There is a simple trick that changes this. Uh, so you never have to run out of images. Uh, because the simple trick you can do, you can always choose a variation of a previous image. Ah, so, you know, okay. we had we had a sword. Uh, let's now, we can see another sword that is uh, tilted, that's twisted in a 90 degree angle. And it's mm. made out of uh, uh, cheese. <laughs> okay. Can you okay. see that in yes. front of you, in the room, made out of cheese there? Well, we might have a, a second sword that is sort of sh- shaped, uh, twisted around like an eight, the, the, the number eight, sort of, or, or like an, maybe like a, 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 a circle. Uh, or You can see something twisted in a special way, made out of green plastic, uh-huh. for example.
0: Uh-huh.
1: You, you know, I could easily, immediately produce like 200 variations of a sword, Mm-hmm. Or something like that. So, you, you know, I, I have students who use this kind of technique with one image per page for all their university studies literature. And there's thousands of pages. But the, the cool thing, you never run out of images. I mean, 200 versions of a sword, I can produce 200 versions of a, an elephant or whatever. Hmm. An elephant that stands on one leg uh, made out of chocolate. Uh, that, that's just one uh, quick. So what you do, in if you're not trying to create consciously the smartest images, but after a while, if you just always pick the first thing that comes to mind, you train your brain to basically brainstorm automatically in images. So after a while, you just have to sort of sit back and just whoosh, you take whatever the brain gives you. The first thing always Mm-hmm. That, that That's the easiest one to find your way back to. But have you ever, relating to this one image per page, did you ever maybe when you were studying in school or so, sometimes you remembered what one page looked like? I mean, a certain page maybe had an odd image on there sure, or you know, there was sure. something special with the text. Yeah. And that single page, you could always find your way more or less mentally back to. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the cool thing is that this technique, one image per page, it works in the same way, but for all pages and with a much greater quality as well, because now it's not just an image that you saw passively on a page, but you created the experience with it actively. Uh, so it's even more powerful than that. So it does take, of course, this takes a little bit of training. Uh, So the key thing is to start to just get used to visualization more and more. And, you know, when I use this, you know, I can be in my life. Let's say I'm studying some kind of uh, uh, diagrams. I'm really getting into some deep uh, statistics, for example. If I see a line in a diagram you can see it in front of you. What I always do in this line, it might go up and then it goes down a little bit like a hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I do is that I draw it out three-dimensionally and I give it a material. Okay. So this line, that I, I see it as like, okay, it's, it's purple and I draw it out 3D and see it out, made out of purple uh, uh, plastic. just take that. So you see this, you see the hill shape like sort of from a diagram it Mm -hmm. goes up and then. but now it's three dimensional in the room and then I can see and and I continue with these statistics I study another line which goes much more quickly up and down I draw that out 3D and make it seem out of wood planks for example Mm -hmm. planks of wood so it's uh, but it's 3D in the room and you know when I do it like this I can study Twenty different diagrams, and imi- since I see them three D made out of these different materials, I can retell it, them all without mixing them up. That's hmm. the cool because I differentiate. I create different uh, uh, different uh, experiences, so I always can find my way back to the right one. And sort of then I'm all of a sudden I'm an expert at uh, statistics in yeah whatever field, because I just I can find my way back to it. Just like in the computer, I find the right folder. And and this is super quick. You know, if I if I ask you, uh, Xavier, uh, right now, what were the color of the shoes of the robber? They were yellow, right? Yeah. How much? Yeah. How much? did you need to browse through in your brain No, I went get to right that. to it. I went right to exactly. it. Exactly. So okay. you go immediately into the right folder. That's the cool thing ah, with okay, visual okay. learning. So it's not like if you started doing route learning of sort of medieval kings or so. Okay, wait a minute. I just have to go through this 20 or 30 persons in my head. Then I maybe hmm. find the information or not. Mm. Uh, but this is instant uh, Okay, okay. Learning. So let me
0: pause you. Let me pause you. So you're saying that... Uh, by creating these connections this it 's almost as if we 're we 're amplifying a neural pathway in the brain, and what what it 's doing is th- this connection between the information that you 're taking and the object that you 're creating it 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 allows you through that pathway more quickly more easily
1: you go right to it The thing is that what we 're doing we are engineering understanding you 're engineering because... understanding. Yeah, because when the thing is, when I talk about this uh, robbery or uh, what, the, the, the thing is that, that you, the reason that you can find your way, you find back, found your way to all this, you could by your own words retell what the color of the shoes were and so on. The thing is... What you've done is that you've created your understanding of this little newspaper article, for example. You've engineered the understanding in this super simplistic uh, example, mm-hmm. but the inner images are our understanding. That's the thing. What? The inner Im- That's our understanding, even when we're not realizing. Because, you know, if I were sitting here, if I was going to speak to you in Chinese I would invoke zero inner images. You will just hear uh, noise, basically. But as soon as I'm invoking the things I'm talking, I'm invoking images. Those images are our understanding, and we can find our way back to it. We can see them in different uh, situations and so on. So we're engineering that part of the brain. And the memorization, so to speak, just happens by itself. So we Mm -hmm. don't need to remember images. We just need to focus to see them in the moment they there. It seems,
0: I mean, once you explain it, and at first I was you know, struggling with getting it. I think I was just overcomplicating it in my mind, but yes. it's actually really easy. It, it actually becomes really simple
1: once you start to get the hang of it, right? The key is realizing that it's always going to be vague. I mean, there is no sword in front of us. It's super vague. Maybe just a, f- a part of it flashes by mm-hmm. for a small part of a second, but that's enough. So the, the, the key thing is it will never be vivid. Like you see Sherlock Holmes going into a different room, opening <laughs> certain door. It's never going to be vivid like that. It will always be super vague, but it works anyway. That's the key. I, I, so what, I, what I've done in my training is that i am gotten used to vague things. Because they work anyway, so just get over all these ideas that you have to be the perfect visualizer and you have to make it a hundred percent correct. Just sort of, just do it, see it, three D, big, bam, and then you go on to the next, uh, and so, so on. That's how you train, being certain of it and sort of being able to do this more and more controlled. So, so Matas, if if I if I if my connection
0: to the information is different, okay, let, let's let's say maybe I don't care about the information as much. Does that change something or anything at all?
1: Yeah, you know, one of the disciplines in memory sports, it's uh, binary digits. We get half an hour to stare at random binary digits, just ones and zeros for half an hour. And then again, we have to that half an hour, we have to write down the exact order of them. Like after half an hour, I can do uh, one thousand three hundred five uh, random ones and zeros without single mistake. But I mean that has to be sort of scientifically the most boring thing that you could ever learn. Sure, it's completely un- uh, useless, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. The thing, what, when we have now mastering, and, and I do it all in images, by the way, uh, Clue, right there, of course. But the thing is that when we can uh, engineer understanding in the brain, it doesn't have to be, the information doesn't have to be fun or anything like that. The thing, the, what we think of as fun is just uh, more easy for us to visualize, basically. That's the reason we think it's easy to learn when it's fun, because we have a large sort of already we have a body of knowledge in that area. And we quickly come up, we see things different way. Ah, it's interesting for us. Now we have the engineered way to make things uninteresting things interesting by creating an experience. So that's the cool thing. You're free. From having to like what you learn, because the sort of the learning experience will be interesting in and by itself. But you have to see it as going in these two simultaneous roads. And the one thing is visualizing. The other part is, as we said, the starting from the whole reading summaries. So, Uh If you want to get into medieval histories, uh, you also have to always start with summaries. And then when you get into the whole book, you visualize the reading, then you're fully covered, so to speak, Mm -hmm. Uh, because uh, so then that's how you do it the most quick way. And then you sort of what you've done is you've learned to collaborate with your brain. That's the cool thing. Mm-hmm. So you've you've gone from never had any strategies to now have the best strategies. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And
1: that makes a big, you take a big leap immediately from that. Uh, so it's not like, you know, training the muscles uh, on, on our body. It sort of take, uh, I mean, just to grow a, cent- a millimeter of muscle, it takes uh, a lot of work. But here, just going from not having a, a strategy to having a strategy would immediately take a big leap forward.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. I think once you start to apply this, I can't wait to try it. You know, I'm curious
1: to know uh I mean, th- you know, the oldest persons that I that I worked uh, the most with, uh, it was a 75-year-old woman. Uh, came to me and she sort of I she had some extra time to, well, oh, I want to train my brain Memory It's supposed to be important now when I'm old. She she uh went through started to step by step thinking in images, more and more being able to learn more and more. And, you know, the room, her name was Mario. Uh, the, the rumor of Mario started spreading to her friends and so that she could make this incredible feature. So this ended up, uh, the rumor spread all the way into Sweden's uh, biggest senior uh, uh, magazine. They heard about her. So they had to come and check her out. And they made, made a big uh, newspaper article about me and Mario and so on that you could, this, age doesn't matter. You, the, the thing is that you have a, Mario never had a strategy before. We just do what we do in school, read the same thing over and over and hope for the best, hmm. which is hmm. a nightmare for many students. Uh, you know, some people, the people who have it easy in school, they crack this code spontaneously. The, those are the people who never have problems in school because they start to see things visually sort of spontaneously, they, oh this works and they maybe don't they even have a name for it and they don't even know what they're doing but it's more visual and that will always work better and, and if you figure that out spontaneously and you, you go through year after year in school you become better and better at it and it won't have any problem but the other poor children because no one has said that this is how to do it and this is what what my work has been a lot is to uh, I'm writing my fifth book uh, now it's coming out I write in Swedish so the book first comes out in Swedish so it's much later but I've had one book recently out in English as well and that's a specific book I did on math Mm -hmm. how to use this strategy to quickly understand math and there is a very, you know, math is one of these uh, topics where you never need route memorization. Basically, you you don't need to remember any numbers almost in math. Mm. Not as in history, there you really need. But you know, math is really only about understanding. Okay. But uh, so so there hasn't been a previous book. To, so this being just for mental calculation, but I wanted to understand the basics of maths. Uh, so, but my idea was always that uh, under, visual images creates our understanding, not, not memories and route learning. So, of course, you should be able to use visual images for learning math. So what I did, I wrote it together with a mathematician. Uh, what we did, uh, f- we built up an inner world of fun images that automatically teaches you everything from sort of basic arithmetics up to sort of advanced uh the i don't know what the english maybe college level i don't know upper college level math but so you immediately have the full ground you can immediately trust everything in your brain that you find your way back to it for example we have one i can quickly tell you about one exercise uh, how it how it works when you get into more advanced math okay we're running uh, out of time so yes please oh sorry just super quickly sure. if you imagine a cow lying on the floor in front of you basically Try to see it with the, its head to the left and the, the tail to the right. And then you visualize a person coming there, starting to lift the head of the cow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is sort of a uh, a uh, visual guide, a guided visualization that takes about 15 minutes to do. But, you know, I could explain exactly how the head is lifted up by this person and I tell, and everyone can follow it, and I tell it how it's going. And, but after one, everyone has done this simple uh, exercise that everyone can follow. All of a sudden, everyone can estimate a sinus value and a cosinus value for all possible angles. Huh. Immedi- and, they, and everyone is like no, 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 math is too difficult for me, but... Wait a minute, if he lifts the cow like that, uh-huh, Cosinus should be right under one, sinus should be oh, yeah, somewhere over here. You know, you start to reason like a mathematician, not a single route learned number or mechanical, but real understanding, the essence of understanding.
0: Mm, wow, I mean, it's it's so integral and... It, it, I mean, I'm really impressed by you know the method. Is it seems so simple to me? I I, I want to know about. I mean, there's there's a, a three level of of repetition that you use. What are those three levels? And and how do we
1: how do we how do we use those levels to to help us? Well, the key thing is to look back at what you've learned. Look back. And I mean, this is the same. I mean, the base to in, quickly increase as much of your memory as possible is if you each night you, before going to sleep, if you devote, take a timer, set it for five minutes and you devote that time to look through your day. That's the. You look through it. You don't need words. You don't. But you look through the important things. What did you do? What did you learn? What were the important? Just look. Visualize them in front of you. You can finish the whole day in five minutes without a problem. That will very quickly go uh, uh, do, do it. And then you know there's the spaced repetition thing when you're really studying for an exam or at work and so on that you should do it sort of when you visualize. You should always before. Uh, before five hours, you have to do. You have you have to do an instant, of course, uh, looking through the image. But then after five hours, then the second day you have to. So there are some parts of the. It's it's not important the exact uh, date, uh, the the exact numbers of hours. But the key thing is to regularly look through, and then you sort of you secure those. Uh, th- th- that's the thing, you know, at, that every time we look back at a connection, we we strengthen it and we update it with new information. That's the cool thing. So the more you learn when you study summaries and so on, and then you like book, look back at the first chapter and revise that, you fill those connections with even more information. So that's uh, that, that. How it works, you know. That that's the cool thing with our memories, you know. Each in a way they've proven scientifically, even the chemistry of the brain. They've seen that each time we look it back at a memory, we create it anew. That's the cool thing. So memories is nothing like a sort of a, we bring something out from our backpack and look at it and put it back. It doesn't work like that. So each time we look back at it, we create new things there. That's why, you know, stories changed. Mm -hmm. The old story that's being brought up at a family dinner each year and year and everyone retelling, it starts to change. Some things are being magically removed from it. Other things are being increased until you you can't even tell what the original thing was. So (laughs) then, uh, I I love it.
0: It, It's so fascinating to go through all of this. I mean, and I can't wait to apply this into just my everyday life. Um, you know, I think something that I hear from a lot of people is that they have a lot of trouble just visualizing. But I mean, something that you said, made it so simple, it doesn't have to be detailed, that it's going to be vague. But I mean, in in a way to sort of, I mean, there's a lot of information we didn't cover. But um yeah. it, I, for anyone that may be listening to this, and, you know, perhaps has trouble with you know, visualization, I hear that a lot. I hear mm-hmm. people who just have trouble with You know, just visual visualizing. Even though we do it all the time, and maybe we don't realize that we're doing it, it it seems like that intentional aspect of you know pushing the 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 focus to you know visualize something. It it messes everything up. Maybe
1: there's one easy trick. One easy trick for it: hold out your hands. As if you were holding these three dimensions and, and move your hands around the outer edges of that object and so on. Ah, okay. And yes, it's always vague. That's the thing. I mean, two people might tell me that I'm a lousy visualizer, I've never seen an image in my whole life. Another people, uh, person might say that, oh, my life is in images. I see everything so clearly. They might be referring to the exact same experience. Hmm. So so, they, they're, so because there's nothing there, we're not using our eyes in that way, so the the thing is that if you start to measure it you. there's never been a single person coming to me, you know, you can quickly memory sports is one thing, but you can easily test that the inner images work because you will have much better recall you can test that for in your own books what you're studying or whatever Mm -hmm. That is, this is so concrete and the results are measurable and everyone can learn it once you realize that go for large 3D images with proper material, then your brain has a way to get started to become more used to the idea of uh, conscious uh, visualization
0: yes 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 i love it so matthias this might seem like a strange question but that's just me you know i I like to look okay so if you wanted to forget something if there was a memory that you didn't want in your your brain could you use the same methodology in reverse
1: yes in a way we always do that in memory sports, you know, when learning a bunch of randoms random ones and zeros. We don't want to store that for the rest of our lives. What we do is overwriting. The oh. only way to raise a memory is to write something over that place in your brain. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, if you have someone, uh, I can't forget the uh, phone number of my ex-girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> The problem is every time we think back on it, we strengthen those connections and add new things, of course. Right. So, you know, going back to it, it will only increase that. The only thing to do is to find maybe another girl's number to overwrite that part (laughs) of our brain. Okay. And then we will forget. It. So it's always that rewriting, but we, we do it very consciously. You know, if I update, I might uh, uh, memorize the uh, bus uh, timetables of the bus. Uh, so and that change oh, and then I just rewrite it. I put something over the old images and I go through that a couple of times. Then the latest rewrite will be the easiest thing for the brain to come back to.
0: Hmm. Okay. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, I one more question about this, if you don't mind. Sure. Okay. So what about what about unconscious memories? And uh, what about like traumatic events? And what about people who, uh you know, have memories of things, but they can't connect where that information is like they're they're just maybe seeing the images? I mean, do you is that make sense? The question?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And and it's all about the, the cool thing when starting to work intentionally on these images. You know, what happened to me in the beginning when I started to visualize in 3D, I thought of old toys popped up in my mind that I was not sure. I had to ask my parents, did I have a toy that looked like this? Uh, uh, and they said, yeah, it was exactly that. Uh, Because though my brain had started and I knew I had not thought about that for so incredibly many years, but it came back when I started to visualize more and more. And that's how the best way to fish down for old memories, if you want them, you know, sometimes you need to fish out things like where the hell did I put my car keys, for example? That's a traditional thing. (laughs) Yeah. The best, it's not uh, possible. I mean, you might have been somewhere else in your mind when you placed them down. Uh, So there might be, might not be a conscious memory at all there. But what you can try is to visualize your car keys as large 3D in the room in front of you, as clearly as possible. Then maybe a background will pop up and you will actually find them. So this is a way you go through in the best focused way as you can, large 3D in front of you. Then you get things back up there and things become more clear. And, you know, this is, this is what, uh, you, you know, all traumas, that's what people trying to get back to. Because what we do when we recall, we can't have the possibility to alter and add new information, That this is overwriting in a way, you can transform all trauma. That's what we hope to achieve in therapy, you know, Mm -hmm. to transform, not to just brush them under the mat, they will always pop up and haunt us, but to bring them up to see them for what they are and then transform them with your new knowledge and seeing what some positive aspects and so on. That's the whole thing, but there's a lot to it. But, you know, also it's all kinds of visualization, just like athletes. When they visualize, it's an important part of an athlete's uh, work. You know, when they visualize themselves running across the finish line as the first person there, I mean, they are creating an experience. They are creating a memory, Mm -hmm. Uh, basically, which is not there, but they put everything together in that memory, so when they are on the branch of getting close to that that uh, memory works like a magnet which b- gets everything together their sort of their state that which they want to have there and so on and they bam they use that to that, so that's visual so you can use this for all kinds of visualization when you're visualizing parts of what you want to achieve how to gain new uh, uh new uh uh, ideas, for example, so to learning how to uh, brainstorm in images. It's so you, you get closer to the depth of our experience to find, get things out of there, to get it out, make making concrete, ma- making them a reality in a way and getting control over this process. So you can, you get strategies uh, for it in a very fun, spontaneous way. We learn to collaborate with the brain in this way.
0: I love it. I mean, it does actually seem fun. It does seem like a process that, you know, I will use in, in the future. Uh, Matthias, where can I mean, I know there's so much information we did not cover. And there's so much of your work that is so intriguing. Where can people go? Where's the website? Is there a, a, a new book that you're
1: working on now? Uh, Yeah, I'm working on, you know, uh, what what we talked about here is basically long-term memory and understanding. Then there's the whole business of uh, short-term memory, which is just as important today. That's also a big focus area of me, uh, how to uh, train our focus in the best way. And then we can have both the short-term and the long-term memory optimized with the best strategies and so on. uh, And you you can go to, just Google my name, you'll find my uh, website. My book, uh, Maths Unwrapped. It's out in English. Uh, pl- if you uh, give it a great uh, uh, review on Amazon, I, uh, you can email me and I'll give you a little present that you can use to, to increase your memory immediately. Uh, so someone gave it a one uh, star because it wasn't the most advanced math they could imagine. So, <laughs> yeah, if you want to help me out with that, thanks. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that plug, Xavier. No problem. Uh, no problem. I'm easy to find online and stuff. There are lots of. Uh, I have stuff on YouTube and uh, so, and more and more coming out in English slowly. I have so much material in Swedish, but now more books will come out in English here uh, as as things go along.
0: Perfect, yeah, I'd love to see more of your work come out in English. I mean, guys, you you heard it here. I mean, what an amazing uh, conversation! What an amazing technique to start to use in our everyday lives when we're we're trying to remember something. I'm sure you guys are going to try it. My my guess, Matayas Ribbing, just go ahead and Google his name and his information should pop up. The the website should pop up. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back next week for sure. We're gonna get out of here. Good night.